Well, Baggies fans, we were going to have a bit of a summer break, a little rest away from the questions, the chat and the constant laughs we have here on the Baggies broadcast. But everything decided to go a little bit wild in the last couple of weeks. Um, and with weeks until the season, we thought we might as well just bring the pod back. So that's what we're doing. It's Series 6, Episode 1 of the Baggies broadcast, sponsored by Adoption at Heart. I'm Johnny Jury, and as always, I'm alongside my good mate, Baggies correspondent, and the man who in the past 72 hours has faced more resignation calls than Boris Johnson. <laughs> it's Joe Massey. How are you, my friend? I'm all right, mate. Great introduction. <laughs> Great introduction. Oh, funny. I've been um, thinking the... of that one for about 12 hours. <laughs> Class. Um, very, very funny, mate. Very funny. The, the, just so you know, the, the people who have called for me for resign have been blocked. Um, there's no, I'm, I'm, I'm taking no prisoners with this one. They were, they were blocked straight away. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're right. I just yeah. I, I actually feel like Boris Johnson. What a horrible feeling. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't think that was going to happen on Monday, did I did not think that was going to happen. I did not <laughs> think that was going to happen. <laughs> oh, we can only laugh, can't we? Well, it only feels two minutes since we recorded the last podcast, but so much has happened. So much has happened in the last, like, two days, which we're going to talk about. We're going to have a bit of a laugh about. Um, what I can promise this time, we're going to have absolutely no sound issues. Me and Joe, we've actually done a sound check this morning, haven't we, Joe? Talking about what we had for breakfast, checking all the sound. Um, so I won't be getting any tweets saying, oh, you're recording in a swimming pool, Johnny. Um it really like feels we, like we like, probably shouldn't be starting sound checks at season six. I know, yeah, I know. Well, I have only been here since midway through season five. I'm, yeah, I'm still still finding my feet. True, but true. um, but yeah, no sound issues. But yeah, we're gonna have so much to catch up about. Um, all the latest goings on, obviously the owner stuff, which is probably prompted why we brought the the podcast back so early because it's such a big topic. Um, we got new section. We've got a couple of fans coming on today, actually. Um, to chat about various different issues. We've got a new little section, Fan View. Um, we've got our first one on this week. I know Baggies fans all have been getting in touch a few weeks ago. Um, transfers, rumours, pre-season friendlies, you name it, we're going to talk about it today. But we'll start We'll start with that big elephant in the room, shall we, Massey? Um, earlier this week, OK, your custody's been linked with Albion, hasn't he, over the last couple of weeks? Oh, um, he? For, for, oh well, yeah. Did you not know? <laughs> oh, mate, Did you I not didn't. know? <laughs> For definitely weeks, didn't know, mate. No, I definitely, definitely <laughs> didn't know. For weeks, it's been a case of sort of fans maybe clutching to the past. Bruce dismissed the links to the turf. He said Albion had a look at him. You know, he performed so well for Albion in that Premier League campaign. Um, the club dismissed it. You know, the local journalists went down every avenue. But the rumours grew last week. And, and and all of a sudden now, Joe, it looks like it's uh, it's going to take place. Um, what a... Uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind few days, but just on a serious note, what, what how's the situation changed, really? We touched on it last night, didn't we, in the, in our um, post-match video at Northampton. We said we'd go into it in a bit more detail today. Um, but it's flipped on its head a little bit, hasn't it? It's been a bit of a crazy one. Um, yeah, um, it has been a crazy one. Um, well, it has been, yeah, it's been a crazy one. There's no doubt about <laughs> it. It's been absolutely, uh, yeah, relentless. Um but yeah, here we are. Um, and look, I think we've all got to start on the base point that I think every single person pretty much would want OK Yukuslu to join yeah. Albion this summer. I think there is there is one or two doubts about him. There's there's no um, but the, we've got. I think we would let's look. We'll we'll end on the negatives well, on the positive. Sorry, so we'll just get this bit out of the way at the start because we don't want to end on the negative, but. There are doubts over him um, in terms of his stamina, basically, in terms of can he 
can he last the 90 minutes? There's been questions that he sort of tails off in games. Um, and look, this is a chap who, let's be honest, for the past couple of years, his career has stuttered. Um, didn't really play for Salto Vigo um, after he joined them. He only started five games for Getafe while on loan with them last season. Um, without a doubt, the best football he's played over the past three seasons is in his six months at the Hawthorns. But, but how good was he in those six months at the Hawthorns? He was absolutely excellent, in my opinion. He was drastically, drastically changed. Not our fortunes, because obviously we, we, were, we were always likely to still go down, I think. But he significantly improved our midfield in the Premier League. Um, he came in and very much looked like a Premier League midfielder. Um, and I can't see any way, really, how Okayukazu doesn't absolutely boss the championship. I mean, we were all so impressive in the Premier League. I think the championship now is so it's such a, a weak division compared to the quality you see in the Premier League. So I thoroughly expect Okayukazu to come in um, and absolutely shine and dominate games, really, um, because he's just a very, very, very good footballer and international footballer 40 caps for turkey and i think the thing with yukuzlu is always going to be for me well i we'll hope this is the case anyway that his game just naturally is suited to english football we see it all the time with players and um, like players come going coming into this country or, or going abroad or whatever and they just struggle for whatever in that league um but i do think i do think yukuzlu's is, is suited to english football i do think he'll boss the championship. I think it's a major coup getting him, even though his career has been indifferent over the last couple of years. But the situation, as we understand it now, is that because Lou was let go by Sato Vigo very, very late, it was July the 1st. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't guaranteed he was going to leave them this summer as a free agent. He, he, there was, they, he has obviously left them as a free agent. And when we spoke to Steve Bruce in Portugal, look, as soon as as soon as Okay Hazu came available, there was always going to be Albion. Albion were always going to be linked. Fans are always going to say, any chance we can get Okay Yukuzlu back? And of course, Albion were always going to look at him because it's Okay Yukuzlu. He was absolutely brilliant for us in the Premier League, and he is obviously a very good player. And of course, we're crying out for central midfielders, if we're being honest. Um, so the situation, as I understand it, was Albion, of course, looked at him um, following that news from Salta Vigo. Um, but I understand he was cl- not close, but there was strong interest from another club, a German club, I think it was. I might as well just say it. I think it was Schalke. I've not, I've not got that confirmed. Um, not 100% sure on that, but I'm pretty sure Schalke were quite keen on him. I think they've just been promoted back into the Bundesliga. And I think if he had gone there, he would have been on a wage that was similar to what he earned in Spain. Um, for whatever reason... I'm not sure what, but the the Schalke move hasn't materialised. And I think what's absolutely key here, from what we understand, is Yukuzlu really wanted to come back to Albion. Um, from what we're hearing is that, and that just for the record, that's why Steve Bruce said he, he thought the ship had sailed with OK Yukuzlu. When he was asked in Portugal, are we going to sign any chance on Yukuzlu? He said, no, I think that ship sailed. That is the reason why. My understanding is that he Bruce thought he was going elsewhere. Um, obviously, since then, that move hasn't materialised for whatever reason. We don't know why. But what we do kind of know is that Yukuzlu was absolutely desperate to come back to Albion. He very, very much felt at home at the club. Absolutely loved living in Birmingham um, when he was here. He knows himself that he's, he's played his best football here and he probably suits the English game. Um, 
And for whatever reason, he's been linked with other clubs in here in England. He's been linked with Fulham but in the past. He's been linked with Watford. But it hasn't materialised again for him. So I think he wants to come back to England. He loves his time at Albion. And I think it makes sense for him to come back to Albion. He's lowered his wage demands, we understand, for that deal to happen. Um, and yeah, and that is where we are with it. I, I mean, look, the deal's not done. Um, he's due for a medical. I don't think personal terms are going to be an issue. Like I said, I think they've pretty much agreed. So... Yeah, it's 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 now very it's now expected um, because Lou will become an Albion player again. Obviously, until it's done, it's not it's not done until it's done. But it's looking very 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 promising that he will be back. Yeah, we've got a few questions on the custody stuff, so we will we'll touch on it a bit more later on. We've got loads of questions coming in from you Albion fans, Joe. In terms of Bruce, who said he. He did say after um, we were at Stevens, did he? That he needs to strengthen his midfield. Obviously, this does that. Can you envisage more mid, you know, midfielders coming in? I know on the drive home last night we were talking about probably loans now. Um, if Kushlu comes in, is it a case of he'll want to add more to that midfield? Because he did say we weren't just a midfielder short. He said we were short in midfield, um, which suggests he might want more. That's, uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure um, in terms of... I suppose we could talk. A lot of people are asking what we expect Albion to play next season, what formation, blah blah blah. I, I, I thoroughly expect us to play four-two-three-one, if I'm honest. Um, possibly four-three-three with Swift a little bit deeper, but I think Swift's at his best as a number ten, and he's going to be absolutely key for us next season, John Swift. I mean, he is just—he is the quality that we badly lacked last season. He's, his touch is absolutely phenomenal. He's shown that already in the preseason games he's played so far. He oozes class. Um, he is going to be so important for us next season. And to be honest, I think we need him in. He's at his best in the number 10 role. I think that there'll be times when he's needed to drop in as sort of an A, but I think it'd be silly to not play John Swift as a 10, really. So you've only got two other central midfield spots. So if Yukuzlu comes in, which we expect him to, look, if fit, he's going to start. If fit and if he has the impact we expect him to have, he's going to start virtually every week, isn't he? Um, then then you've got a fair few players alongside him then. I mean, you've got Alex Mower, um, Jason Malumbi, Jake Livermore, Taylor Garner-Hickman can play there. Um, I don't know if I'm missing anyone else out, but in terms of, I think everyone's got to remember, and this is a really important point actually, that Albion are a championship club with a championship budget. And I know that sounds really, really obvious, but they're not going to, Every single seat, every single club in the championship is going to have deficiencies in their squad. They're not going to have the perfect 11, the perfect and the perfect player to back them up behind them. It just doesn't work like that at this level. It, it, it just doesn't. Like, there's it's only Man City, it's only the top, 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 top clubs that have got two quality players in every single position. Every, every squad in the championship, somewhere along the line, is going to have to make do. It's going to have to maybe right back, for example, is a is a Big example for us. Are we going to sign another right back? Would Steve Bruce, if money was no object, would he want another right back? Absolutely he would. I've got no doubt about it. Are we going to get one? I don't know because we've got other areas we need to sign as well. And we've got players who can potentially fill in at right back. Taylor Garner-Hitman's been mentioned as a player who can play at right back. Dar Roche could do a job there if needed. Matt Phillips has spent a bit of time there in pre-season. People, you've got to put it in context of a championship club, championship budget. It just isn't going to be a utopian squad with 
every single option and everything exactly how a manager would want it. That just isn't going to happen. So for me, there's there's more pressing areas after if Yakuzlu comes in. Uh, for me, the next the next big thing is a, is a striker, um, a backup striker because. I'm a huge, huge fan of Carlin Grant. I really am. Um, I think some of the criticism he gets is absolutely ridiculous. But for me, he's not. He's still not a central striker, even though he played last night um, and scored. He can do a job there if needs me, but he's not. For me, he's just he's he's so much, so much more effective off the left. Um, so for me, I, we absolutely need someone who can back up and support Daryl DK um, because. In my head, as we stand in now, we're going into the season with one striker. Um, and that striker, bless him, well, we all expect real big things for him. He had a bad injury last season. Like, we can't just pin all our hopes on him. Um, so that would be my next pro- Over him, if we get Yakuzlu, that striker's definitely the next area for me, um, rather than even more central midfield additions. Yeah. Just going off topic, this is not something I've written down on the the detailed script that I send you over, Joe. But you mentioned Taylor Gardner-Hickman then in the midfield options. I know he played it right back on when he came on on Saturday. He had a little bit of a stint in midfield last night when he came on. Fans, a few fans are a little bit worried about him post-Stevenage. And I've seen a few comments flying around about sort of where he fits in under Bruce. Is it a case we will be in this, you know, some some fans even suggested, oh, he might, what if Bruce sends him out on loan? I'm sh- surely that option is not on the table and he is part of Bruce's plans. I think it's a fair question. So I think and I think it's something that we need to speak to Bruce about properly. So I don't. Yeah, look, it's a question I've wanted to ask Steve Bruce for a number of weeks. Actually, where, where does Taylor Gardner Hickman fit into your plans? We're only seeing him. At, this might be a bit of a rubbish excuse, but it's sort of my thinking. If you don't agree with it, then that's completely all right. But we're only speaking to Bruce at the minute at the side of a pitch after a friendly. So we're not having actual proper press conferences where. You sat in a room with, with like a cup of coffee and like it, it sounds stupid, but it makes a massive, massive difference. So like when you're at a side of a pitch with a manager, press conferences, ten, you, you ask 10 questions and the, the press conference will last four minutes. It's not anything to do. With, it's not that's not a Steve Bruce thing. That's an every manager thing. You just you're in the moment, you're in the game. Things are very, very quickly. Things happen very quick. Answers are quite short. And it just it's just the way it goes when you're naturally in a room sat down with a cup of coffee in your hand things just flow better it's a bit more of a conversation um it's just a bit more natural you can go into a bit more depth and I think that is where we're at with Taylor Gunn Hitman I think we need some time with Steve Bruce really to be able to ask him properly where does he fit into the plans next season because I think I think it is is it a concern I don't know if a concern's the right word because look Taylor Gunn Hitman is a brilliant young footballer and I've got no doubt he's going to have a very very good career but in terms of next season at Albion, where does he fit in? I think that's a, I think that's a genuine, genuine question because Steve Bruce has mentioned him at times as an understudy right back. Obviously, he played right wing back uh, for Val, but I'm not I'm not sure he is a right back to be honest. Um, I think he could probably get away with being a right wing back, and I think he did well there at times last season. But I don't see him as a right back. Bless him. It's a, it doesn't it sounds a bit of a criticism. I don't mean it to me, but he played right back in Portugal. Um, against Leighton Orient and I think twice in the game he did two little double drag backs um, which were, don't get me wrong they were very effective um, and it, it looked, obviously they look great because um, double drag backs do look great but you don't really want that from your right back like 
I just I just think he's it sounds like I should say a better player than right backs. So I was doing a disservice to full backs, but I think his strengths lie elsewhere. He's better on the ball, um, good pass with the ball direct. I don't is he is he a solid right back? I'm just not sure he is. Maybe he could develop into one, but his age, I think it's a big ask for him to be filling up right back um in for a promotion chasing side in the championship next season. So I don't see him as a right back. Bruce has been sort of a bit well, he's been strong really in his criticism of in saying his of his lack of options in central midfield. Is he gonna be is he gonna be an option in central? I think he is an option in central midfield, but I think other players are ahead of him. I think he's probably a natural understudy to Swift in a 10 role, maybe. If Albion were desperate to play over 10, but obviously Swift is got that spot almost nailed down. Maybe Wallace would be ahead of him if Albion were desperate to play a 10 as well. Right-sided, but he's probably best position as a right winger. That's probably, probably his strongest position. Um, but then we've got Jed Wallace and we've got Matt Phillips. So it's a real strange position for Taylor Gardner-Hickman to be in, I think, because let's be honest, he was the golden boy um, for a couple of months last season. And everyone adores him because he's gives us all. He's a proper Albion lad and he's a very good player. Um, it's just hard to see where he fits in at the moment, um, which is a shame. It wouldn't shock me if he had a year out on loan. No. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, I don't know, I just want the best for him, really, because he's absolutely smashing lad and he's such a talented boy that he just, just, just would be interesting to see. It. Like I said, it'd be really interesting to sit down with Bruce and say, right, what is what is the next best step for him? Like, what is, where do you see him going forward? Because he's kind of like Grady, really, in the sense that all Albion fans love him, don't they? They're all desperate to see him succeed. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Just a question that, you know, I just thought of on the back of some things I'd seen from, from Albion fans. Um, just a, a few other points, Joe, before we get into the main bulk of what we're going to talk about. Um, Reyes Cleary's name popped up again on, on Saturday in a lot of um, Albion-related threads on social media. Scored for Albion 23s um, on Saturday in their game. I forget where it was at. Um, but someone who we thought had left, you know, we heard had left. A young prospect who, in loose terms, was touted for big clubs. We've gone through that umpteenth times before. Um, announced he was in, sounds like it, loose terms, leaving the club. Because from what we understand, Joe, he's still sort of around and about Albion. What's the what's the situation on that? I know you touched on it briefly in an article earlier this week, but what's the state of play with regards to Cleary? So, yeah, he's at the club. His scholarship um, expires in December. So he is sort of legally, contractually obliged to be with Albion. Um, until December. Interesting, Ray is clear. We've said so much about him before. Um, obviously, we all know the clubs that have been linked with him. Ray is clear he will leave for set compensation um, if, when he leaves, if he leaves. That figure is predetermined. It doesn't matter if you buy him now or in six months' time or in whatever. That he that will be the fee that he goes for, set by FIFA. Very, very interesting that no one has actually paid the fee and taken him um we've said all along on this podcast that the stories surrounding Reyes Cleary are all agent led all agent playing games in my opinion um I've explained that in other podcasts if anyone wants to know what I mean by that but look, it's all agent led all agent driven 
And look, Reyes Cleary himself tweeted a goodbye picture or Instagrammed a goodbye picture at the end of June or whenever it was. He took a picture of the sign outside the training ground and said, what a journey it's been. Thoroughly, thoroughly expecting to leave. He didn't play in the Premier League 2 Cup final win um, over Wolves. He didn't play in the games leading up to that either um, because he was leaving and Albion didn't feel like it was right to include him in those important games if his future was elsewhere. He's now playing again. Now, from what we understand, there's still an expectation that Reyes Cleary is going to leave. Um, but that point I made at the start of this is very, very key. The figure that anyone has to pay to get Reyes Cleary is the same now as it will be in December, and that's not going to change. So there's no reason not to bring him in now if you want him. You might as well just get him. Um, it's not going to cost you any anything different. So... We've always said about the agent, it looks like perhaps the offers that everyone was claiming he was going to get haven't quite materialised. Um, and suddenly, Reyes Cleary's options might be um, not as many or as they'd like to make out. There is a, there is a contract offer on the table for Albion. I'm told, I'm told it's a competitive one. It's a good one. They're not going to break the bank for him. Um, they very much see it as a fair offer for what they deem his ability and where he's at in his career. They're not going to be paying over the odds to keep him, I don't think, just to try and wade off interest from bigger clubs, so-called bigger clubs. Um, could Reyes Cleary stay? I think he could. Um, could he go? We're still in the camp of we expect him to go. Um, but how else to say it? There's always been an unsavoury feel around these Cleary stories. Um, yeah. I... I hope the lad really like has a good think about what's best for his career because there's, there's just too much noise around him. Too much noise. Hopefully, he listens to the baggage broadcast and listens to the wise words of Massey. Well, he just needs to focus on playing, I think. And if it, yeah. yeah, it's the case of a lot. It's the case of a lot of youngsters. Reyes, Cleary, and Albion aren't the um, they're not unique in this situation. There'll be youngsters up and down the country who are touted, as we say, in loose terms, inverted commas. In um, in uh, you're right, but I don't know if I I yeah. don't remember a player that's been touted quite like Cleary. There um, will have been players, won't there? There will have been, but yeah, I mean, he has been. I would say, look, people can will probably come up with examples, but I would say for what Reyes Cleary has achieved in the professional game, which is nothing, he has been incredibly touted. Um, and there will be other examples of this, of course, there will be, but but yeah, for me, it's uh, we don't want to see him go into the long line of of Albion players who've gone at a young age and you know sat on benches and you know played in 23s till they're 23, if you get what I mean. And there's a few of them about, but we'll see how the the situation develops. Just on a couple of other players before we, we talk on our, we haven't even got to our main bulk of the pod yet. Callum Robinson has been linked with Preston. Preston said they've won in Joe. Um, understand Steve Bruce might have said something last night just on the situation. What's the case as you understand that obviously Callum Robinson came off last night with a with an injury? It's with a dead leg, yeah, but he'd be fine. Um, yeah, um, sort of got a whisper of it last week. Preston wanted him, did that story, and then Ryan Lowe came out and confirmed it. Um, I think it would be his fourth if he did go back. It'd be the fourth time he's joined. Loves Preston. Preston. I don't know anyone who loves Preston, but Callum Robinson must love Preston. 
Um, I went to uni in Preston. I love it. Um, oh, well, there we go. Twice on loan when he was at Villa, then signed for them permanently. So if he does go back, it'll be a fourth, fourth time. But yeah, I mean, look, Bruce said, look, he was asked. We asked him about what, um, what Ryan Lowe said. He said, look, he likes. Yeah, he can understand why he likes him, but he likes him as well. Do I think Albion would let go of Callum Robinson if they got the right offer? I do, personally. Um, only because they have to get players out. They've got um, they've got to balance the books in terms of they've brought in two big players in Swift and Wallace. They're going to bring in another in Yukuslu. <clears throat> Can't just keep stockpiling players. Um, at the truth is Albion are just overloaded with players who play on the left-hand side. Um, I mean, Jed Wallace can play there. I mean, he he won't because he's at his best on his right on the right or in a number ten role. Um, but we're looking at a sing stand. Grady, Garland, Adam Reach, Callum Robinson, Jed Wallace. I mean, I'm sure Matt Phillips could do a job there if needs be. Um, I mean, it's a staggering amount of players that can play on the left for Albion, and they're at their best when they're at the left. Um, so I think you just can't keep all these players. Like You just can't. You've got to balance the books. You've got to balance the squad. I think if if someone showed made an offer for Callum that was acceptable I think Albion would consider it um, but will it will it be Preston will that offer be acceptable from Preston I don't know have they got the money to pay him what Albion would want in terms of maybe a loan fee and the percentage of the wages would Callum Robinson want to go back to Preston again um, I like Ryan Lowe as manager I think he's got something about him don't really know he's going to compete for promotion next season so maybe Preston will be up there but a sort of no one would be they're not going to be highly tipped to compete for promotion next season would Callum expect to go to a club that's competing on a higher end of the yeah. division than maybe because he is a he is a very good player like he is a when when, when he's on song like I mean he's he's an international footballer so I don't know it's going to be I'm not sure I'm not sure how how that one will unfold really yeah be interesting to see and obviously this morning um stories come out reported by your good self that Cedric Kiprup someone who we knew was probably edging towards the the exit door the Hawthorns is heading off looks like to Cardiff on loan yeah Cardiff on loan is our understanding look we asked Bruce about him last night along with Keen Bryan and Carl Bartley so just on those two very quickly Carl Bartley's about a week away we think from full training from that ankle injury he picked up at towards the end of last season Keen Bryan is struggling um it was back in November he did his ACL um but Bruce said last night he's still a long way away um, which is a bit of a concern. Um, I mean, he's only he signed a two-year deal at Albion, and it's looking like, wow, well, huge chunk of that is he's going to be injured for. Um, yeah, they missed out last night, obviously, and then of course Kipra, who was in the stands, in fairness to him, um, he did watch Albion last night. Um, but yeah, he is. Steve Bruce said he didn't include him because he's close to a move away, so he wouldn't say who. But it was a club in Wales, um, and then since then. Um, be anyone, Joe. There's loads of loads clubs of clubs over in Wales. Wales. You're watching New Town tonight, aren't you? I am, mate. Yes, I am. But European you action, only European action I'm going to see this season. Um. So, but yeah, we think it's Cardiff. Oh, Cardiff. Um. Not the Welsh Premier League. Not the Welsh Premier, but yeah, yeah. Look, he just hasn't done it for Albion since he's arrived from nine hundred thousand pounds from Wigan. He's just not got the minutes. I think it's about twenty games he's played in total since three years. It's just nowhere near. Near the numbers, um, I've been, yeah, I think 
best move for everyone, really. Yeah, best move for everyone. Thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book on to the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 Being an adoptive parent can be challenging, but it also brings great rewards. If you are interested, then find out more. Please contact Adoption at Heart today at adoptionatheart.org.uk. Right. Uh, when we chatted about bringing, as I said earlier, when we chatted about bringing the pod back a little bit earlier, in the most part, it was down to the situation that every Albion fan has seen unfold over the last two or so weeks since the club released a statement prior to the the late accounts being um, being submitted. Uh, now, Albion fans have been worried for a while about the, as we know, the loan that was taken out or the the loan situation taken out by Jeremy Peace that transferred to Gouch and Lyman. He bought the club. Um, a few years ago, but other things have come out since um, in that statement um, that the club released. Um, Lai said that he'd taken out, a f- I believe, a £4.95 million pound loan to pump into his other businesses because of the impact of COVID-19. Um, this was on top of that that previous transferred loan. And then now we, we've got a £2 million pound loan that has, has come out in the accounts that, that people have picked up and as people have seen joe explained this very well in a sort of state of play piece that he wrote a few days ago um just breaking down everything that was sort of going on but joe um it can't, can't be anything but alarming from an albion fans point of view can it yeah i agree um very 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 concerning i think We've been quite critical of 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 lie and his and his ownership and the way over on this podcast over the last couple of years, um, but there's always been as much as crit- as critical as I've been of his ownership. There's always been some people who have sort of, um, for, for want of a better expression, stuck up for him in the sense that it could be worse. I mean, look, you've obviously got extreme examples, Derby, blah blah blah, um, but in terms of they hadn't taken any money out of the club, which is a rarity. Like, I think people, like, don't realise how how little that happens in football. And and we need to sort of touch on that. Well, there's a reason why owners with a lot of money buy football clubs. They don't buy it because you don't see people buying football clubs from the other side of the world because they like football or they have an affiliation. They buy them because they want to make money, don't they, at the end of the day? That's what they're there for. Yeah, but it is very rare owners actually take money out. I mean, like, it's... What Lai has done is pretty unique. It's not not unique, sorry, but it's, it is rare. So there's so much to say to put that in context. But the two million pounds. So the two. Let's start with the two million pounds loan, which if, I think the best way to put this is is describing it as the new loan. So Albion before Albion's accounts were published with Companies House, Albion themselves um, put out a statement basically detailing what will be in those accounts. And in those accounts, they revealed that, as you said, Lai had taken £4.9 million out of the club that he has then put into 
other businesses, uh, another a common voice called it a related pie. They called it Warmfront Holdings or something. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, Gouch and Lai has literally taken 4.9 million out of Albion's bank and transferred it over to other is over other businesses. Albion are five million pounds down um, because of that transaction. Um, that is very very unique. Not unique. I keep saying unique, but that is not strange. What, sorry. Strange. Yeah, like like. Not common. It's not common in football um, that owners do that. The two million pound loan is something different, um, and it's important to put that explainer piece out. I think because what it is is it's important to stress this that Albion are not the lender or the borrower of that two million pounds. What has happened is like has borrowed two million pounds from a bank or wherever he's borrowed it from a lender. Just like if me and you went to the bank like NatWest or Barclays or Santander or wherever. But what he has done is he has secured that loan against 2.35% of um, his shareholding in Albion. So if Gouch and Lai never makes a payment on that loan, if he fails to repay it, that company will own 2.35% of Albion. Um, so it's not the money hasn't come out of Albion. The money has not gone into Albion. It's just. Yeah, it's, the, the, Albion's link to that is that 2.35% of the shareholding would go to this lender if Lie didn't repay it. So there will never be a day where Albion get two million pounds back from Lie in terms of that loan. The money's just—it's just not—it's just never been really involved in the club. That is fairly common in football ownership, from what I'm told. Owners do tend to borrow. You hear people say things like, oh, they borrowed against the parachute payments or they borrowed against this, they borrowed against that. Owners do tend to, to do that. Or it's, a, it's the best way to say it is it is a common practice in football that owners do borrow money based on their shareholding or based on assets within their club. But obviously the money isn't actually coming out of the club. It's coming from the lender. That's where we are with that. Now, there's an interesting thing with that two million pounds is that basically... The date of repayment was the 31st of March. Now, the accounts were published on the 30th of March, literally 24 hours earlier. So we don't know until the next set of accounts if that was paid, whether that was paid back or not by a day, by literally a day. Now, the other thing is, and this is also is important, is if Lai has repaid that money, then there is no need for that act for that loan to be on the next set of accounts. The reason why there is no need for that loan to be on the next set of accounts is because he has not borrowed the money from Albion. No. Lie going to, let's just say he borrowed the money from NatWest. Lie now going back to NatWest and giving them two million pounds is technically nothing to do with West Bromwich Albion. Mm. So we've got to remember that there is a way on the account. If he hasn't, if he doesn't pay that loan back, it that will be on the account. Well, it will be on the accounts next year because there will still be a lender who is owed 2.35% of Albion if the loan is not repaid. They will still have a vested interest in Albion. If it is repaid, it won't be on the accounts. But we all need to remember that for next year. We need to look and see if that loan is on there or not because that tells us if he's paid it back or not. It's so complicated and i can understand if this and what what I'm, I'm not trying to play a sympathy card here but what i need people to remember is i have got no financial background whatsoever 
zero. I am not, I've never studied, I mean, I barely passed GCSE maths. So when we're, when we're looking at these accounts, we are, it's, it's, this is a tough gig. Like I, I am no financial expert. Um, so we're doing our best having spoken to other people and we have got people at the Express and the Star who do understand accounts and, Anyone who looks at the accounts, you look at it and they, it drops and it's 40 pages and you're looking at it and you're just like, what is this? Like, it's an absolute, I mean, it's an absolute bore fest, if I'm honest. Like, you look at it and you don't know, and you don't know where to start. Um, but that is the situation with that loan. Yeah. Um, I, thought the, I thought the interesting point, you, and you made it quite well in that piece you did, he secured the £2 million against 2.35% and then you've worked out from that 2.35% and the 2 million, the club is probably worth about 97.5 million, which is well more than 100, 100 million pound less than he paid for the club. That's quite startling in itself, Joe, which suggests, you know, as we've always said, every club's always up for sale, but there's no way he's going to get, if, if Lyde does want to sell eventually, he's going to get what he paid for it. Yeah, but I think we've all... Everybody, We've all known that, haven't we? But this is just, yeah. it just, just opened my eyes a little bit just to the the amount, really. Yeah, so, I, you, I mean, you would imagine that, I mean, I don't, again, like I'm just not a financial expert, but you would imagine the company who from whom Lai has borrowed that money would look go, right, say, right, you want £2 million. We would say a fair, Jump if you want to put your it. shares in like as a, as a guarantor for that loan, You'd imagine they would have said, we think a fair reflection that is 2.35%. I don't know how else you'd come to 2.35%, to be honest. They must have, there must have been some sort of analysis there to suggest that £2 million is roughly worth 2.35% of Albion. Um, so, yeah, like we said, that would make it £97 million for the club. Um, based on that, yeah. And, yeah, obviously that's way below what I paid for it, which was somewhere between 175 and 200 million but we kind of all know and Lai knows himself that he massively overpaid for Albion um massively overpaid for it and he's never going to get that money back really he's never going to get 200 million for the club um the dream is to get them up keep them up and get maybe nearer 150 but even then I don't know it's like I mean he's just that initial fee I mean Let's be honest, Jeremy Peace was laughing all the way to the bank. I mean, for him to get that deal, I mean, he did un- unbelievable. Um, Just on the foot, on the on the the loan that was spoken about in the statement, Joe, that that Lai has taken out of the club. You know, we know the board at Albion is very small. We've got S4A, we've got a minority share, we've got Lai. You know, there's hardly on that board. Should this have been allowed to happen? He is the owner of the football club and. In other businesses, this is very, well, as we've heard, this is very common in other businesses. So take football out of the equation. Businesses will shuffle money around or move money around. This isn't other. I know it's a business football, but it's different football. You know, should this have been allowed to happen, really? You know, that's £5 million that, I don't know, Big Val could have spent last summer that might have changed everything or could have been spent in January or... Yeah, it's a big chunk for Albion, isn't it? You know, and Albion fans are quite rightly quite angry about that. You know, setting aside the the two million pound loan that you just very explained very well about that. You know, isn't actually Albion's money. You know, should this have been allowed to happen? 
Well, um, everyone will answer that no, but it's irrelevant because yeah. of the of the position I'll be in a room and the shareholding that Gouch and I owns. And how, like you said, how many people are on the board? I mean, it's virtually none. So, I mean, it is just him, really. And, and so, he, what can you do about that? Is, whether you, it, like you said, in in business practice and any other business, this is very, very common. Owners, to, if, 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 if a businessman has got one business that's struggling a little bit, another one that's thriving, they will take money out of the business is doing well to get the other business back to being successful again but in football you just can't do that like well you can do it but in football that is a massive no-no because of what you're doing of your impact in the team and look spoken to people at Albion about it spoke to Ron Gourlay about it the five million pound loan I could talk I mean how long do we talk about it is the issue but unfortunately Valerian Ishmael is a factor in it so this is the truth of the situation. Out, when that £5 million loan was taken out, Albion went on the following summer to spend zero on transfer fees. Now, look, they've signed players as free agents. Alex Moa, Adam Reach, blah, blah, blah. We know that free agents aren't actually free. They'll be signing on fees, this, that, and the other. They come with quite probably a little bit higher wages and stuff. But they did not spend £5 million on a player. Now, my point is, and I said this to Ron Gourlay, and I... I don't know how to say it about being absolutely savage to Jordan Hugel, but we struggled from... Poor old from, Jordan Hugel. I bet poor, he thought he'd seen the last of his Albion rhythm. I know, I know, I know. And I don't want to battle the lad, <laughs> but we struggled. We, we struggled with Jordan Hugel up front um, from whenever the season started to whenever to the, to the, to the end of the, to the first day of the transfer window when we eventually signed our DK. Obviously, then he got injured. Blah, 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 blah. But in my opinion, we struggled. Um, well, we did struggle We in that time. Now, we didn't. We struggled because, in my opinion, we signed Jordan Hugel instead of the striker that Albion wanted, which at that time was Daryl DK. Now, it's absolutely imperative to, to, to state that with that £5 million, we would not have signed Daryl DK. Okay? Daryl DK was never, ever, ever coming in that summer transfer window. The reason why he was never coming in that summer transfer window is because Orlando had just been taken over. They had brand new owners and they didn't, basically, the first, they didn't want their first thing to be would be to sell their star striker. They kind of knew they had to sell Daryl DK. They knew Daryl DK wanted to be in Europe, wanted to play in the Premier League. His future was away from the MLS. But having just bought the club, having literally just rocked up, they didn't want to immediately sell their best player. Completely understandable from their perspective. So we were never going to sign Daryl DK that summer. The question is, and it's a twofold question, if we had that £5 million, could have we assigned a better striker than Jordan Hugel? The answer you would imagine is yes. However, and this is where the Valerian Ishmael factor comes in, he wanted Daryl DK so badly, I feel there's a chance he wouldn't have spent five million on the striker anyway because he wanted to wait so much for DK. He always wanted DK to be the final piece of the jigsaw. He always saw DK as the man, his man, the man that was perfect for his system. So Ishmael always put his eggs in the DK basket. So there was always going to be an Ishmael factor in this. But the truth remains there was potentially could have been five million pounds more available to Albion 
in that window if I hadn't taken it out of the club. Now, people say, and we have to stress this as well, people say, that's why we didn't spend any money, we couldn't spend any money. If Orlando had said, you can have DK for 7 million, Albion would have spent 7 million at that time. It wasn't that there was no money then. And that's what I think people haven't got their head around that. In theory, if Lai hadn't taken that money out, Albion would have had £13 million to spend, if you like, mm. that summer. They didn't because they put £7 million aside for the future DK deal. So it wasn't they had nothing. That was Val's choice. Like he was so eager to get DK. So it's, as of a lot of things, it's kind of like a perfect storm. You've got the fact that Lai's taken the money and you've got the Ishmael factor being so keen on DK. I just think that there must have been a striker out there. Maybe even if you got him on loan for the Premier League and spent like a £2 million loan fee or whatever. I mean, look, I'm talking like it's football manager. Let's be honest. I'm talking like it's as easy as that. You throw the money around, you get the player you want, and everything's as simple as that. Um, it's just hard for me to sit here and say, we, and I hate saying it, that we couldn't have done better than Jordan Hugel. Um, and if we had done better than Jordan Hugel, where would we be now? And the answer to that is I don't know. And I'm not sure how I feel about Valerian Ishmael as a manager anymore. But what I do kind of believe is if we'd had Daryl DK last summer, then I feel like Valerian Ishmael would still be our manager now. It was all about that striker for him. He needed someone to put the ball in the back of the net in those games, and we didn't have it. Um, so I think the five million coming out is a huge concern. Like in terms of, it's, I genuinely believe. I will always believe, and that no one will be able to change my mind, that Lai taking out that five million pounds seriously dented Ishmael's chances. Yeah. That's what I believe. Just before uh, we we bring a fan in on this, um, Albin have said it. We're back. Well, Lai has said it will be repaid in time for Steve Bruce spending the January transfer window, which. I've taken with a pinch of salt, and I'm sure you will, and other fans will. Is the concern now that it gets paid back on that date? Because dates have already a date has already been missed on this. Um, yeah, so, so is that the worry now? If that if that deadline gets broken, which is the end of the year, is it time to worry then a little bit? Well, I think I, I think the time to worry is past. Like I think yeah. I, I think I think it's time to worry. Like well, time to worry. Press press the bigger panic button instead of the little panic button. Seriously. We're supposed to have a billionaire owner that, I mean, look, he obviously isn't a billionaire who's borrowing money left, right and centre. He's taken five million out of the club directly. He's borrowed two million pounds from a loan company. Why is our owner needing seven million pounds? That is alarming. That is alarming. He says it's because of COVID. OK, if, if that's what you say, then that's what you say. We, we, have, we have to take his word for that. But it's still hugely alarming that... Yeah. Within this set of accounts, Lies felt the need that he needs to get his hands on seven million quid. I mean, it's a hell of a lot of money. Um, he's yeah, like we said, he's he's missed one. He's missed, he's missed one repayment date. That's why it's fair to question whether he'll repay this one, on which he's saying he'll pay it on December the thirty first, just in time for the for the January window. Spoke to Ron Gawley about it. He says he's very confident the money will be repaid. Then it's all on lie, isn't it? We can't sit. We can't. Like, we can't sit here and say anything else. Like, all we can say, we can only speak in fact. And the fact is that he's missed one payment already. Does that make it concerning? Yes, it does. Will he pay it back? We like we, it's a, we, we have to wait and see, don't we? He says he will. Um, so 
in terms of what, what we can say, like we just hope that's true. Like we hope yeah. he does pay it back on the thirty first. Not much more we can say. Um, just on this, we spoke to um, an Albion fan earlier this week. Quite rightly so. Albion fans have been up in arms. Um, some in the past have already called for for lie to be gone for a long, long time. Those calls will, you know, for for lie to go or sell up or you know, the sack the board chance or whatever they are. You know, they'll only intensify if this loan isn't paid back, which we've just spoken about. Um, hopefully, it's back in time for the January chance window. But another fan. Um, we caught up with earlier this week. Although concerned, that's a really a really good point on this. Earlier this week, I caught up with Ali Jones, a long-time West Brom season ticket holder. Um, it was issued some, somewhat of a rallying cry to Albion fans, despite these pretty worrying loans. Um, my point of view with regards to the Guatan Loy sort of revelations that have come in over the last couple of weeks, obviously, I'm not for a minute saying it's ideal. Definitely don't think it's ideal. It's obviously wrong. But we have to look as a fan base as to what the greater good is for West Bromwich Albion Football Club. I wanted to be able to support a club that I love going forward for the next 40 years, never mind what I've just watched for the last 40 years. And I firmly believe that the way that we can do that and help with the club this season is to everybody get behind the club. If we don't, as a a fan base, get behind the club and the team on the pitch, especially at the Hawthorns, then we're in for a real, real long spiral downwards and I just think that we can play a massive part I think it was well well reported last year that um, the Hawthorns was a difficult place for Albion to play not for the opposition we've got to turn that round and as a fan base we've got to help that this year by making an environment that play that teams don't want to come to and play against us rather than turning on our own team because after all Whilst it's not ideal what's happened with, with Lye and, and, and the money's taken out, which is completely and utterly wrong, and I'm not ever, ever going to dismiss that. I just don't think it's the players, the coaching staff and the manager's fault. So therefore, for me, it's very, very important that the fan base as a whole get behind the team on the pitch and in the coaching staff and get right behind to try to get this team the chance of promotion that we all think we've got. There's two, there's two players that have come in that have, there are two out of the top three um, assist makers in, and goal contributions in the, in the championship last year. That was a massive area that we were missing. We've got a £7 million young centre-forward from America that we've only seen glimpses of that looks like he's a right brute. So the areas that we were weak in last season, I think we've filled well. Obviously, we'd like to get the, the coaching staff and, and manager would like to get some players out if we possibly can, but that's easier said than done. But my message really if anybody wants to listen, is really, really get behind the team, especially at the Hawthorns. I thought the away away support, I went home and away last year, I missed two games, but the away support was incredible and continued to be incredible through some very, very questionable performances. But it was very quiet at home and that's not West Brom. And I just think, especially the younger generation, which is going to be even more of this season, please, 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 get behind the, the, the fan, the team, and make it a difficult place for visiting clubs to, to visit when they come to the Hawthorns. So is it a case of, you know, even though there's there's a lot of anger among the West Brom fans, but if misdirecting that anger could prove counterproductive, you know, if West Brom do get promoted and the fans get behind them, they're a better proposition for then Gouch and Lai to sell, which everyone wants, I suppose. That's my point. Exactly, Johnny. Johnny, it's for the greater good. You have to look for the greater good, in my, in my opinion. And the, we, we have to get promoted this season. It's the last year of parachute payments. If we don't get promoted this season, we are up the creek without a paddle. 
certainly well there, up the creek without a paddle. And I, I really, really think it's massively important to get behind the club, behind the team and unify behind the team to try to make the Albion and the Hawthorns a fortress. And I just don't want it to be a toxic atmosphere. We had that last year for a year, for, for most weeks last season. It was horrible to go and watch. It became a chore. It should never be a chore to go and watch a football team. And it did become a chore, but that's changed now. Let's give the team and the coaching staff a chance. I know everyone's got question marks and various question marks and probably justifiably so. Well, let's see what happens. Let's get behind the team at the start of the season and let's see what let's see what happens. I, I think we don't play football on paper, but on paper, this is as good a squad as we're going to have in this division, even now. Obviously, there's areas that would like to be addressed still. Ideally, another central midfielder and probably a bit of strike cover and fullback cover. But if you write Sarah on paper, down, it's not a bad 11. It's probably playoffs at worst, I think. Um with, as I say, with Wallace Swift, and I, I believe a, a re-energised Grady. We've got Grant who scored 18 goals last season. DK, um, you know, Wallace and Swift, as I said. I think we've got a right chance. But we're not going to help ourselves by making the Hawthorns a toxic place by getting sacked the board and lie out. It's not going to help anybody that. And it's not, it's not going to bother lie either because he's not there. So it's sort of counterproductive anyway because it's pointless. So that's what Ali had to say um, earlier this week. Joe, he's, I suppose he's got a bit of a point, isn't he? It's, it's looking at the bigger picture, isn't it? Yes, you know, there is angst and anger around Gouch and Lyon, you know. I'm guessing if he was at the Hawthorns on the first game, home game of the season, he began a bit of a bit of stick. But I suppose if Albion fans get behind the side, get Albion promoted, hopefully keep Albion in the Premier League, then I suppose hopefully we'll see the... Well, for a lot of Albion fans, they'll be glad to see the back of Lyon. Hopefully it's a more saleable proposition yeah look Ali Jones is my mate um I absolutely love how much he loves Albion he is the definition of a mega fan I mean he just loves the club more than anyone can ever possibly imagine I mean he's I mean he's basically Mr West Brom it's ridiculous um and look I speak to him and he sort of had that what he said on the podcast he said to me in person I said to him I need it'd be interesting to get you to say this on the podcast because He's, in many ways, he's so right. Uh, like he loves Albion so much, and all he wants is look. There's a, there's a real danger that the frustration towards Lie, which is completely understandable frustration, and, and very very worrying, and it will will filter into the stands um, next season and affect the team. And I gotta be honest, I think it would affect me if I was a fan. And look, Albion were going through. A difficult patch, which they're, they're going to go through a difficult patch next season. Out, like every team in the championship does. They're not going to walk the league. Um, so there's going to be, literally every team goes through a sticky patch. So there's going to be that time next season when they are having a bit of a dip. Um, and you just think, will it Will it sort of, there was, a, there was a problem at the Hawthorns last season. The Hawthorns was very, very quiet. There was a real disconnect with the team. And there's a real disconnect with the owner now. Um, well, it always has been, but Mate, I lost you then for about 20 seconds. Oh, did you? So I'm going to go back to saying, like, I just led into Ali's video. Yeah. And then I'm going to say, right, it's good. That's what Ali had to say. And then we'll just discuss that again. Is that all right? Yeah, of course, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same. Right. Three, two, one. That was Ali Jones, West Brom season ticket holder of many, many years. Uh, Joe, he's got, a, he's got quite a good point, isn't he? If Albion want to do well, get up and stay up and, and for Gouch and Lai to sell the club and for Albion fans to see the back of him, 
the fans sort of need to get behind the side, as difficult as that is with the anger towards the owner. So he's got a good point, really. Yeah, he's got a great point. I mean, Ali Jones is my mate. I've got no problem saying that. Um, I absolutely love how much he loves the Albion. I mean, he is so Albion, it's untrue. He's just Mr. Albion. I mean, he, he could not be more Albion. He, he really is. Um, and yeah, and he's, look, I think he's got some really, really valid points. And in terms of, look, Albion, there's going to be, t- there was a, there's a disconnect last season between Albion and the team. Massive disconnect, completely understandable based on results and the style of play and performances. Albion next season, there's going to be some times when they struggle. It's just it's just the way football goes. Every team in the championship has a spell when things aren't going right. Albion are not going to walk the championship next season. It's just not going to happen. It's, it's, it's going to be a very, very difficult league to get out of. There's going to be some results that are disappointing. There's going to be some weeks that are disappointing. And I think I think even I think me as a fan, like if I was there as a fan, I think I would be frustrated. Like I I think my anger would could like potentially boil over. When you look at the state of the club, when you look at the fact that Lai is taking money out, I think I can understand why those frustrations would boil over. If you're watching your team struggle, if you're disappointed in the way they're playing, if them like if they are struggling like they did at times last season, and on top of that, you've got an owner that's taking money out of the club. You're paying good money to watch them. I can understand why your your frustrations would boil over. But I think Ali's point has sort of gone beyond lie in a way. And it's like, it's sort of, this isn't Steve Bruce's fault. This isn't the player's fault. This isn't the coach's fault. Do you know what? It, it isn't any of the staff's fault at Albion. People will probably, like, it's not Ron Gourlay's fault. Ron Gourlay was not at the club when this loan was taken out. Ron Gourlay couldn't stop this loan from being taken out, even if he wanted to, even if it was. So it's not, Lai has the power. Lai can do what he wants. This is a thing that goes beyond all Albion staff, really, in many, many ways. This is like, this is just the owner doing what he feels he has to do. Um, And what Ali wants is people, you can't forget that. You can't forget that. But for the greater good, there's almost no point inventing your frustration at Lai, perhaps, because what we need to do is get behind the team so they have got the best, best possible chance of getting to the Premier League and getting a massive cash injection that is going to be so crucial. Like, I mean, look, I want some people when the money came out about when the when the it came out about Lai taking money out of the club, someone like, we're the next derby, we're the next derby, we're the next derby. We're not the next derby, okay? Derby were absolutely shipping cash shipping cash left right and center with the exception of this five million pound loan if you look at albion's accounts they are actually very well run um it's not that they're it's still a very very steady ship it's actually possible for them to i mean look it's actually possible to, to lend that money to lie and still make a profit um so it's not it's not like it's it's not as extreme as the derby situation but it does feel a bit like this season is an all or nothing season and not in terms of Albion could become a derby, but more of what I've said this so many times on the podcast before, more in terms of becoming a Blackburn, more in terms of becoming a Stoke, more in terms of becoming just a team that's just run of the mill championship. This is the last year of parachute payments. And I think it's so, so easy to become run of the mill championship. So, so easy to become a side that sort of hopes to finish in the playoffs or aim is to finish in the playoffs. And mm. let's be honest, we're kind of almost there. Like, I think if you ask the vast majority of fans next season, 
what's your aim for next season? What's a realistic aim for next season? They would say the playoffs. People need to get their head around this. I don't understand why people don't. It is just my opinion. But finishing in the playoffs is rubbish. It's rubbish. It gives you a 25% chance of going up. Like, people don't seem to get that into their heads. Like, I don't want 25% chance of anything. Like, that is rubbish odds. Like, the odds are massively against you. Like, it's not that big a success getting in the playoffs. Like, it just isn't. But given what Albion have done last season, Joe, given the state of the squad, yes, we've had a sprinkling of creative dust in the last however long, you know, with new signings, DK coming in. But looking at Albion's squad... With playoffs at the say no one else come in now, you know. All right, Yukushli comes in. Is playoffs a bad season? You 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 don't want to become running the mill championship. You don't want to. No, you don't want to become running the mill championship. So we got but... one more, and and once you lose parachute payments, that's very very easy, very very easy. So if Albion gets to the playoffs this season, I will not be celebrating. Are we celebrating if they win the yeah, playoffs? Yeah, you will. If they win no, it. No, no. If they win it, they will. If they win it, they will. If they don't win it, it's not been a good season. It's not been... And it's serious. I'm talking seriously. Financially, Albion needs to go up. Oh, financially, yeah. But if you get to... Say no one else signs anything more now and you get to August... Well, when's it? 30, 30th of July. And then you weighed up pound for pound every squad. Albion would be in the top six, but they won't be in the top two. Who would be... Everyone keeps saying this, but who would who would be in the top two? I thought that Norwich would be in the top two for me personally. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced. You know, I, I'm, I can't, and anyone who says they can is, is I just. I Don't get me wrong. If Albion, if Albion finished second, if Albion had a great season, and finished second, I wouldn't be. Oh my god, I never saw that coming in a month for Sundays. I wouldn't be like that, but. I think that's where Albion are at at the moment. Yeah, we 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 don't want to be running the middle championship, but I think if Albion finished fourth this season, I'd see it as a moderate success compared to last season, given the situation at the moment. If Albion finish fourth this season and don't go up, I think it's unlikely they finish fourth the following season. I think they finish lower. Potentially, yeah. So I'm not celebrating something that I think long term wouldn't be good. Like I can't, I can't see. I'm not. It's not. I'm. I'm not trying to like catastrophize it because I. Albion will always be. I. I think even. But can though, you see Albion finishing above the playoffs in the top two with what they've got at the moment? You know, at, at what percentage of confidence can you say that Albion are finishing the top two? I'm going to answer completely question completely honestly and I honestly believe it's the answer that everyone should give when they're predicting the team next predicting the, where people are going to finish next season I think Albion could finish anywhere between first and eighth and or nine eight and the first and eighth and, and anyone saying they can see who's going to challenge next season is talking absolute nonsense like who Burnley are absolutely like like Vincent Company did not do a good job in charge of Anderlecht. He wasn't. You haven't answered me. Que- you've answered me question like a politician. It's tr- but it's, tr- it's no one. <laughs> no, but how 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 much confident? Like, if you said to me now, what would you, you percentage wise? Now, if I said Albion finish the top two, what percentage would you put on that of Albion finish the top two with the squad they got at the moment? 
I can't answer the question because I do not I do not know how good Norwich are. I do not know how good Watford are. I do not know how good Burnley are. I don't massively know how good Sheffield United are. I kind of think Middlesbrough might be good, but are they good enough to finish top two? I don't know. I don't think this like league is like... If you said to me now, if we could magically... It sounds really obvious because they won the league, but if you could magically put Fulham into the league this season, if you said to me, who will win the league? I'd say Fulham. If you said to me, will Albion finish above Fulham? I'd say no. Fulham will finish above us because they're better than us. They've got better players. I don't think anyone else, like, I don't, no one scares me. No one scares me. Norwich do not scare. I think Norwich will go well. I do think Norwich will go well. I love Dean Smith. Absolutely love him. Everyone knows that. I think he's a good manager. I think he'll have, a, I think he'll have him up there, there or thereabouts. Not convinced about Burnley in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Not convinced about Watford in any way, shape or form. I like Paul Hackenbottom at Sheffield United, but I like him. I do like him. Do I rate him enough to see him get Sheffield United top two? Not really, no. Middlesbrough, Chris Wilder. I mean, he could do it because I think he's a brilliant manager. But they've got to come a long way as well. I don't know. Are they going to do it? I'm not sure. I get your point. And, I, you know, I had my... Uh glass half full approach that you know no one scares Albion but I just do think there's a needs to be a, 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 a you know football's a game of opinions but it's more like if Albion finish if Albion finish in the top four I'd see it as a success I'm sure some Albion fans would I'm sure some Albion fans wouldn't either you have to see it as a, as a success based on they've finished 10th last season and they've jumped sixth place at the league so that that is there's no doubt about it that is improvement Can any can anyone be excited really about starting the 23-24 season in the championship with no parachute payments and Gouch and Liars owner? Yeah. Like where do you think that ship is like heading? Like, because Albion would still be competitive, I think, in the championship that season. They probably still have Carlin Grant, like they probably still have Dean Garner, they'll like probably have Yukuslu, like that's so because they'll probably sign it for a couple of years. They're like they still have good players, so they're always going to be like have a chance. But I don't want to be a team that has a chance to finish in the playoffs. I think Albion, as things stand, are a team that's got a chance of finishing in the top two. And if the worst comes to the worst, you finish in the playoffs. I know that didn't happen last season, but you want the chance to finish in the top two, fall back on the playoffs. I don't want to be a team that's got a chance of finishing in the playoffs. Because I just think that's a dangerous game you're playing. I, I really, I, I really do. Like it's so easy to get trapped. Look at Stoke. I mean, they just can't, they just can't get out. Uh, um. Yeah. Well, that's right. where I'm at with it anyway. Worried. Loving the, but uh, worried but optimistic. We love well, that. Yeah, and I, I, I think Daryl DK can score absolutely bundles of goals last season. I think. Jeff Although Paris I will say, I can't remember how this conversation actually started. We've gone off on a right tangent here. We've gone we? off on a right tangent. But we're <laughs> talking about the loans. Just very, very quickly on the loans. So I hope we've explained two of the loans there. The £2 million lies borrowed from elsewhere against the assets of the club. £4.9 million, he's literally taken out the bank account um, and put in his own coffers, basically, with an interest rate of fifty grand, which is absolutely ridiculous. But he can do it. He's done it. The third loan, which is everyone knows is a Jeremy Peace loan, which is the money Jeremy Peace borrowed 
um, back in 2014. That debt was transferred over to Gouch and Lai. Um, he's now responsible for that debt. He therefore has to repay it as things stand. Now, on that loan, there is an investigation into that loan. That investigation has been given the green light by Albion. That investigation is being done by lawyers. And it is at the stage now where it's my understanding that those people involved in those in that process are now um, have had to sign non-disclosure agreements. So we actually cannot talk about it anymore. But there is a potential outcome that Lai is not responsible for that loan. Um, so perhaps he doesn't owe that money, but that will be determined by the investigation. So you've got, it sounds crazy, because you, but you've really got, you can't just, we can't just sit here and go, Lai owns yeah. 10 million because there's that five million pound Jeremy Peace loan and there's the five million pound he took out. We've got to look at it as, right, there's a five million Jeremy Peace loan. There is an investigation ongoing into that. We will find out the outcome of that and then we will see where we are. There is a five million gout million pound gouch and lie loan he definitely definitely owes that money to albion he has said he will pay that money back by december 31st this year then there is a two million pounds loan which lies borrowed from elsewhere which is secured against shares of the club um yeah um which we may is technically should have repaid by now but we're not going to know that for another year just one final final thing on the accounts there was no mention in the accounts that anything is to do with the Hawthorns. Nothing has been secured against the Hawthorns. So there was a lot of talk about worry that these loans in some way, shape or form would lead to the Hawthorns being sold or this, that and the other. In this set of accounts, there is no mention of the Hawthorns. So look, it's possible. Of course it is because it, it just is possible. Like owners sell stadiums. It, 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 Derby's owner did it. It's what is legally possible. But nowhere in these accounts has anyone mentioned that. So I think well, I can understand why people would be fearful of that. It is kind of just scaremongering at this moment in time that that has never been said that, that is any in any way, shape or form on the card. So I think we have to just take that with a little bit of pinch of salt at this moment in time. That's at least at least one one good bit of news to come out of the, the lie loan situation. Uh, now we've got a new section on the pod. Um, we always offer fans the chance to ask their questions through social media, which we will discuss in a little while um, we get loads of questions through as you know but we're going one further this season um fans were seen we sort of put it out there on social media early in the summer shouted out on twitter to people to get in touch if you're keen to have your sort of three four five minutes on the pod to chat anything you want about albion um and we'll slot it into the weekly podcast we had loads of you getting in touch the first one was luke stanley a avid listener of the podcast uh, and i chatted with him earlier and he had his say on all things albion quite hopeful about this season um, and I'm starting to like what Bruce is putting together. I know he's, I've got a few concerns but overall he's uh, what I like the, the most is that he's identified the areas that I, I as a fancy as the week, you know, the, the areas we need improvement, the fullbacks especially, um, obviously the creativity in the midfield that's been something since Pereira we, we haven't had at all so Swift and Wallace coming in um, I think are going to be fantastic additions for us. Um, I'm I'm looking at playoffs this season. That'd be the aim. I think my concern is that there's a lot of teams. I think it's going to be a tight league this year. I think there's a lot of teams that have took big fees in for players. Your Huddersfields, your Halls, um, these sort of teams, Middlesbroughs. And I think obviously we haven't took in a lot of money from sales yet. Um, 
so obviously I know we're looking in the Bosman market, but um, I do think that these teams are going to have a bit more money to spend on potentially the sort of players we should be looking at. Um, so I can see, you know, until we can get some out the door, I think that's that's one of the things I'm concerned about. Um, but overall, I think looking forward, you've got Dean Garner hopefully looking a bit more like his old self. I think playing on the left-hand side's going to be real plus for him. D- DK, obviously, can keep him fit. Um, Swift and Wallace, I think, as I said, are going to be fantastic. Um, obviously, we don't know if Ake's Yukuslu is going to come back, but um, that'd be nice as well. Um, so for me, I, I think I've got the, the, concern, the concerns I've got are more towards Bruce um, in the sense that some of the things at the end of last season, I think he's shown some of the criticism. I know he was harshly treated by uh, Newcastle and Villa fans, but there are, if you look into some of the criticisms, there are a couple of things that there was a theme there, playing players out of position. Um, that happened a bit towards the end of last season with us, which unnecessarily as well, I think, given the situation we did. Um, formations as well. I know he wants a 4 4 2, um, is what he said. I know, but he hasn't he hasn't really played 4 4 2 too much. So I guess I'm a bit that's my concern is that we want a little bit more consistency in that aspect with the you know fluidity. It's nice to have a backup plan. So I like the fact that we have flitted between the two formations um, but I do think as we get into the season we're going to need a bit more stability so players know the roles a bit more that sort of thing but overall Bruce wise I actually really like him I think he's he's a bit like your you know your favourite granddad and he's he's like you know comes across as a nice bloke uh, he's got I think he's got points to prove as well probably to himself after Newcastle and Villa um, you know he obviously wants that next promotion so um yeah, I, I think overall I'm pretty confident, but I do think it's going to be a tight league. So that was Luke Stanley. Um, made some good points, Joe, really, Joe. You know, optimistic, wants to see what Albion can do this season. Um, keen to see what Bruce can do. He said he, Bruce has got a, a point to prove, almost, which isn't a point that I've really thought about before. Obviously coming in on the back of Newcastle, etc. Um, and I really like the point you made about a bit concerned about other clubs the likes of Huddersfield who are going to be getting looks like getting quite a lot of cash through the through the door by selling a couple of assets that they can go and spend I think you mentioned a hull as well um, which are not points that I've um, I've really thought about before yeah no absolutely yeah really good really good like call and uh, the, the point on Bruce is absolutely massive and it's absolutely bang on there is no doubt there is no doubt Steve Bruce does not want to end his managerial career with Villa in Newcastle um he just doesn't. He just thinks it's not a fair reflection of his. And look, he, I, I've said it so many times. He, he was treated. He, he I, I think he was treated really unfairly by Villa, atrociously by Newcastle, um, absolutely atrociously. Um, so yeah, um, he has got a massive point to prove. We said it before, but Steve Bruce, if he gets promotion with Albion five, it'll be it'll have won promotion five times, which will be a record. Um, I think that would be a great way for him to sort of. I, I think it'd be good if I was. I'm not saying he will do this for any, in any way, shape, or form. I'm really not. But if I was Steve Bruce and I got Albion up and then kept them up, I would be tempted to like walk away then because I'd be like, do you know what? That would be a very good. That'd be a very good achievement. Um, 
Um, he could sort of go over his hot, but whether, I don't, I'm not saying he, he would do that. I'm just saying I, that's what I'd do. But yeah, yeah, it's bang on though. He's, he's, he really has got a point to prove. Um, he really has got a point to prove. And yeah, there's, there's a lot, yeah, like Huddersfield. Look, I think personally, I think Carlos Corbran leaving Huddersfield is a massive loss for them. Um, but yeah, they've got a bit of cash. I still, I, that's why I was, what I was saying earlier. I just, I don't know who's going to be. I just don't know who's going to be um, that good this year. I just really don't. I don't know who's going to be that good this year. And I just absolutely love Jed Wallace. And I think John Swift's brilliant. So I think, yeah, Albion are going to be strong. I do. I just think Albion are going to be strong. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Glass half full mass easy unit. Um, right, now for questions, of which there are a plenty. I'm going this to This is the longest pod ever, mate. This is the longest mate. pod ever. It is, it is. Although the time in your top corner isn't actually the length of the pod. So not to alarm you, it hasn't actually been that long. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that takes into account our uh, our very late sound check we did earlier. Um, oh, right, okay, yeah. Questions from fans. I'm just going to nip in with a quick question, which we'll cover about five or six, which have come in, because we're going to ask it at the top of the podcast. Um, Albion fans have seen Ben Foster's been training with Albion. He's out of contract with Watford, um, looking for a new club. The Twitter, as well, as we are well-versed this week, Joe, the Twitter rumour mill is turning at 100 miles an hour. Um, and a lot of people have said Foster's going to sign. Is Foster going to sign? Foster linked with signing for West Brom as a backup keeper. Um, do we know anything on that situation, Joe, as it stands? Uh, look, I'm not going to rule anything out anymore because after what happened to me with OK Kuzula, and to be <laughs> honest, like the reaction from social media to me ruling that out and then um, it happening. And look, I mean, at the end of the day, Steve Bruce told me it wasn't happening. Steve Bruce is on record as not happening. And yet some the people, there were so many people who absolutely reveled um, in me getting that wrong. Um, that to be honest, I wouldn't want to give them the second chance of doing it. So even though... Look, I mean, look, the truth is 99% of the time I was right. I told you didn't we didn't want Tom Lawrence when uh when he went to Rangers or wherever he's gone. I told you we didn't want Connor Hall around when everyone was saying we were going to sign him, blah, 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 blah. The list goes on, the list goes on. Ben Foster, now, the reason why I'm going to... I'm keeping the door open. I'm not, look, the door is shut on Ben Foster. Ben Foster will not be returning to Albion, OK? But we, there's only one reason why I keep the door slightly ajar. So, and that is if, if Alex Palmer or David Button get a serious injury um i am told very very reliably that ben foster will not be joining albion he is just training um it's just a favor he will not be signing for the club that is the situation david button and alex palmer will ballot out to be number one next season albion have, rec- have got josh griffith is going to join portsmouth on loan there's a 24-hour re-clause in that agreement so if anything happens to palmer or button then Josh Griffiths can basically be immediately recalled. Um, the reason the reason why they can do that is because Ted Can, who's going to be third choice keeper while Griffiths is away, hasn't played five professional games. If he, if he had played five professional games, they wouldn't be able to insert that re-clause into Griffiths' deal. He would trust him. Um, he would go to um, Portsmouth and he would stay basically with a recall until. Is that um, like an EF, is that like an EFL rule, is it, Joe? Yeah, that's an EFL rule. So because Ted Can hasn't played five professional games, yeah, they can put that recall into Griffiths' deal, which they've done. Um, and if anything happens to Button or Palmer, then then there would be they could bring Griffiths straight back basically, and he'd, he'd immediately return. 
there is no need to sign Ben Foster. Um, the truth is, Albion have they haven't got a lot of money left to play with, and they don't want to be spending it on a, on a potential third choice goalkeeper when they just don't need to. They've got Byrne, they've got Palmer, they've got Griffiths basically on standby. Um, so yeah, he won't be returning. It, the own the only thing is if Palmer or Button got injured, then they'd probably have to enter the market for a keeper. I suppose then there is a chance that it could be Ben Foster, especially as he's already seen so, at the club. Yeah, but, and, and say them injuries happen in the summer, Foster's out of contract still. He's got his links to Albion. He's training at Albion. It's highly likely they'd probably be he'd probably be one of the people they turn to. You'd have thought, wouldn't you? If so, in yeah, a hypothetical yeah. world there are these injuries. Yeah, but as things stand, unless there's an injury to Palmer Button, there Ben Foster's not coming back. No, well, right, not that, signing because he's already back in a way. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. that's my understanding of the situation. Yeah. Believe it if you want. If not, believe uh, whoever's in the know on Twitter saying he's coming back. <laughs> um, right, questions. We'll rattle through these. Um, well, that Foster question will take out about seven questions. Um, now, as we've known from the Yukushli stuff. We'll just talk about Foster. Albion fans love to look into the past and reminisce about maybe a player coming back. The Dwight Gale stuff seems to have gone away for a little while, Joe, but in the last couple of days, fans have, we've had loads of questions today about it, so we might as well talk about it. Any Anything in that? You know, he's linked with Albion. Ever since he came and had that brilliant spell, you know, it's the easiest transfer rumour to start, isn't it, almost? Um, but is there anything in it? Well, my understanding is no, but I'm not going to say it really because after what's happened, I can't yeah. afford to get it. So, my nothing, yeah, uh, nothing in it currently, you know, from what we know at the moment. Not as far as I'm aware, but like, what can I say, mate? I can't get it wrong again, can I? So, <laughs> what what can I do? I don't know what else to say to you. Like, I haven't heard anything, but I'm not in a position of strength, am I? Like, no one's going to believe. Like, I can. I can't. I don't know what you want me to say on it, mate. I, I, as far as I've heard, that I've not had Dwight Gale signing, but I'm I'm confident he won't. But I was confident about you, Kuzli, so I can't really say a lot more than that, really. Yeah. Right. That takes out about another nine questions, so we've probably only got about four left, now. Um, just a little, not a question, more of a statement. West Brom. Dot. Exe. Please just magic up Pereira so he can get the band back together. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Um. At Boggs, Alf, what are your thoughts on Grady so far in pre-season? Looks full of confidence and getting back to his best. Really excited to see him in full flow again when the season starts. I think we covered that last night, didn't we, Joe? Just He looks a bit more lively um, since the, the players have come back. Yeah, he looks really lively. He's had a good pre-season in the three games we've played so far. Um, yeah, look, really, look, last night was his best performance. Um, without a doubt, it'd be... Yeah, really unlucky not to score. Great, great ball for Carlin um, for his goal. Um, yeah, it was a good, it was a good ball, good move. Um, yeah, he look, he looks really, really lively. He looks really, really lively. Um, I feel like I'm always a bit downbeat on Grady. I really don't mean to be because, like, obviously I'm desperate for him to succeed. I mean, if we, we all are, aren't we? Yeah, I just want to see it now against a championship team, really. Um, he carries the ball so well. Like his touch has been really good in these games, really, really good. Um, but he's been up. He he's so talented that he's operating on a different level to these players he's coming up against. Yeah. Like he's just so. I mean, 
it's not really like breaking. There's no like you're not. He's just so no. much more talented than the League Two defender. Like he just the is. Si- like yeah, the signs look good, but you know. Yeah, the signs look good, but it's going to be yeah. a step up, isn't there? So yeah, cool. yeah, I really, I really hope it carries it on because he looks, he looks great at the minute. He does. Yeah. He looks yeah. great at the minute. Um, the Thursday Frostal, seeing as you're really into formations, if the gaffer asked you, which formation would you recommend for Albion next season with the players that we've currently got? You um, do love a formation, Massey. Love a formation. So I just, I mean, it's just easier to say what I do for Middlesbrough, isn't it? Um, based on the fact that I don't think there'll be any more, I don't think there'll be any more additions before Middlesbrough. Um, there might be a loan, but I think it'll be because of Lou and that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he, because Lou was the last edition before Middlesbrough. So I'd obviously go, I'd go 4 2 3 1. And my team would be Button, Furlong, Ajay, O'Shea, Townsend, Yukuzlu, Malumbi. Yeah, I'd um, Wallace, Swift. And my, Grant plays for me. There'd be a lot of people saying Dean mm-hmm. Garner, but for me, it has to be Grant. Um, Obviously, DK up front. Interesting. Interesting call. Um, another one here. Uh, any update on Dar O'Shea contract situation? He's entering the last year. Um, we know there's been some loose Burnley rumours. Um, do you expect him to sign a new deal? Really, really hope so. I do expect him to, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that deal's been on the table for a while. Negotiations still ongoing, from what we understand. I don't really think there's anything in the Burnley thing, but they have just lost a very, very good centre back in Nathan Collins, so they're going to be in the market for one. Um, but yeah, I expect him to. I expect him to stay and sign a deal. But yeah, hopefully that will be sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, fans asking about Matt Clark as well, Joe. Like we, we've spoke about the centre back situation. Cedric Kipra um, is off on loan. Um, Key and Brian, the news doesn't look good on on him after his injury last year. Um, I know Bruce is still he left the door ajar only a little bit for Matt Clark. Um, it, do you expect Albion to add another centre half now between now and the end of the window? I think there's a good, a fair chance they will. Um, yeah, I think there's a fair chance they will. Um, it could be a low knee, I'd say. Um, I think there's a chance, yeah. Matt Clark is definitely not, Bruce won't close the door on Matt Clark. Um, where are we at with centre backs? We've got Carl Bartley injured, haven't we? Kipra's out the door. Brian's not going to be fit for a long time. So as things stand, we've got O'Shea, Ajay, and who am I forgetting? Ajay, O'Shea. Am I forgetting someone? Caleb Taylor. Oh, Caleb Taylor, yeah. I think Caleb Taylor will go out on loan, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'd imagine we will sign a centre back. You'd imagine on loan, I think. Wouldn't surprise me to see Aloni come in. Yeah. Um, if Caleb, especially if Caleb Taylor goes out, but I think he probably will. The fact. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, he didn't. Caleb Taylor played for Macclesfield on Tuesday night. I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think probably look, it would make sense if we sign a centre back, wouldn't it? It would make sense once Kipper goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting question here, just aside from sort of player stuff, and I know that like Joe laughed about at the top of the conversation about the Yukushli stuff. We have had a laugh about it, but a question here um, from Leo Watkins. In relation to sort of in the no accounts and social media, how how much more difficult has your job become over the last five years? And 
have sort of practices changed, et cetera, et cetera. And another fan caveat to that has asked, you know, every little snippet of a transfer room you see on social media, do you sort of chase it up? Um, probably, a, you know, an interesting question away from the, the football, Joe. You can't chase every rumour up because it's not fair in terms of, like, the people I speak to. Um, you'd literally be ringing them every five minutes virtually. I mean, you can't just say, so-and-so on Twitter said this, so-and-so on Twitter said that. Can you can you look into it for me? It's not really it's not really fair. There's got to be some... It's got to be from... It's got to be information I obtain, basically. I won't really look yeah. into a rumour unless I obtain it from a source. Um, sort of Twitter doesn't really come into it. Um, but and, and it can't because so I got like this summer I've seen so many in the nose say so many things so I saw Jed Wallace for example um, we all knew Jed Wallace was having his medical and we all knew like I wrote that Jed Wallace was going to be announced the following morning that night or that in between that time and in the know on Twitter said that the Jed Wallace deal had collapsed. It had fallen through. Someone who's an Albion fan but claims to be in the know said that John, Jed Wallace deal had collapsed. So there's a bit of like, everyone's tweeting me that. Like What people don't seem to realise is people, if one person tweets something, a transfer rumour, that will find its way to me by hook or by crook. One Albion fan will see it somewhere along the line and they will tweet it to me and say any truth in this any truth in this any truth in this they all end up back at my door um so that Jed Wallace one was a prime example Tom Lawrence was another one um and this, I'm not talking about Alan Nixon stuff I'm talking about in the nose like so there was in the nose saying Tom Lawrence is about signed Tom Lawrence is he wasn't people will maybe not believe it because of the because thing because of what Alan Nixon said we were never close to Tom Lawrence. We just weren't. Um, but I've got in the nose on Twitter saying Tom Lawrence is about to sign. There's another one, Conor Horahan. There's people in the nose on Twitter were absolutely adamant we were going to sign Conor Horahan. We never were. Like it just was never ever ever on the cards. Um, so that's how difficult it's made the job. Like in terms of that question, like in the nose, it's just made it like every now and again someone knows something. And that's sort of, and this obviously this lad who got the Yukuzli one, he was right. Like, he, he was right. He knew something at that moment in time. I'm utterly convinced he won't get much else right. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. We'll all, we'll, we'll all see. Um, but, yeah, it's just a nightmare because I think everyone in their heart of hearts knows that most in the nose are, are rubbish. But there is that element of doubt. Like, that people do sometimes know something. They do. Um they know someone who knows the player or they know a family friend or a mate of the player and it is possible for information to get out of the way. So my three examples there with Wallace failing, with Conor Horan signing, with Tom Lawrence signing, the vast majority is rubbish. Um, and that's and the, the whole situation with the Lee Kuzlu thing, I brought it on myself. Like it was my fault because on, on Twitter, someone said like, this guy's saying it's exactly the same as what I was saying to you earlier. Like everyone, these, these always end up at my door. They always come back to me. Um, somehow people asking for confirmation or not. And I replied and I didn't have to, um, I replied saying, no, it's not, not happening. Um, who do I believe some bloke on Twitter or the manager? I mean, I think, think people who have battered me on social media have to remember. I did speak to Steve Bruce about this. Like we did, 
they did ask the manager and the manager said no like it wasn't like it was my sources would let, let me down i literally went to the manager like so but people for whatever reason won't have that but what i'm trying to say is that the, the vast majority of them are wrong like i can prove that with the jed wallace the Connor and tom yeah. lawrence stuff but occasionally people are right and that's the that's the, that's the thing of in the nose i think the vast majority of people know that 90 percent of them are wrong but there is that element there is always that chance that actually someone does know something also there's that chance that you can just guess like there's a fair like this lad who got you because hasn't guessed he's we know how he's done it but he has done it he has got information that we can't say how he's done it but he has got information about you because he has done he has got that information he was correct um but you, he, he, someone could have guessed that information someone could have put out a tweet and said connected the dots and gone because has been released he's a free agent albany need a central midfielder if you if you did that once if you did that 10 times for 10 players you probably would get one right because there is it's only logic like it's only some of it's just logic so yeah in the nose have made it yeah an absolute pain i can't i can't imagine i'm 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 jealous of journalists that didn't have social media i'm jealous of journalists who operated 20 years ago where the internet wasn't a thing where people had newspapers people got time people got time to actually dig out stories and talk to contacts and really like be thorough with what they had to do before they went to print with it like I'm so jealous of all those like I just don't think it's like it's difficult because what in the nose are are very 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 entertaining the only the only people they're not entertaining for are journalists like me for me they're a pain in the ass um but they are entertaining if you were a fan if I was a fan I'd be probably entertained by it um if I'm honest I'd be entertained by what happened to me um but what I will say you know we had a joke at the top of the podcast and I'll probably make another quip at the end of the podcast but truth be told you know it's one of them things these things happen but the reaction to it from some people was nigh on disgraceful the thing some of the things that people said it's twitter it's a cesspit it's the minority that are the loudest and I'll say that you know you don't have to respond to this and it's not a case of me sticking up for Joe as a mate you know Joe and the other guys who work in the Albion press pack are all brilliant at their jobs. They've done it for years. They are the best sources of stuff. Sometimes this, you know, every now and then these things happen. But yeah, it's just one of them situations, you know, and that's a good question. But, you know, these are the guys who do it day in, day out. And they're the ones who get 99.9% of things right. But someone jumps on one little thing. And Joe, you mentioned there, you know, you brought it on yourself. You didn't really, you know, there's only so much rubbish you can take on Twitter before you've got to sort of snap back and stick up for yourself a little bit but everyone knows as as I saw through many tweets everyone knows that Massey's the goat and uh, oh, I saw a few I saw a few funny gifts as well which were uh, which were very good but um but yeah, I will you... say just finally it's like people who do like I am going to have to take a back seat now when people message me saying is this true is this not true and I I'm not trying to like make out oh they're spoiling it for everyone but like I can't I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want the criticism I got again. So like when, like, so people messaging me now saying, is there any truth in Gale? The only way you'll ever know, really, I mean, I've said on this podcast, I don't think there is, but I'm not going to say yes or no completely. 
I don't think there is. But yeah, but now it's going to have to be like, if I know something and I write a story on it, pretty much, because like, I don't, I can't. If I like, if I get it wrong again, these people like hammered me, like they hammered me. So like, and I was only doing it like. No, it was a bit of a sarky comment from me. I'm gonna, I put something like, "Oh, I'm gonna listen to the manager rather than some bloke on Twitter." Like, I got a whole man's up. I did bring it on myself. Um, but like, you gotta remember, people gotta remember. Like, I'm not paid by Twitter. Like, if I talk to you on Twitter, I'm literally doing it off my own back, like, like in my own time. Yeah. So like, I can't. But but while I'd love to, like, someone's messaged me about Gail, and I know 99% of fans are absolutely amazing. I'd love to be able to say to you, "No, mate, we're not in for Gail." This is why. And if I see you at a ground or if you bump into me outside the stadium, like we normally bump into something when you ask me a question, I'll tell you everything I know, basically. Like, I've got no problem with that. But on Twitter, I can't do it now because if I'm wrong, people will savage me. Like, they absolutely savage me. Um, so, and I don't want to go through that again, just as like a personal thing. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying it like, oh, they've supported it for everybody. I'm not trying no. to do that. I'm just saying like, I don't want to go through it again. Like, um, I don't want that level of like abuse coming my way. So for that reason, I've literally I've got nothing to gain by saying like yes or no in for Gale on to someone on Twitter because yeah, I just got if I'm wrong, like Jesus, some people on Twitter have an absolute field day with it. But the majority, um, just finally before we do come on to another question, the majority of them are probably people bashing stuff beyond their screens who've probably never been to an Albion game in their lives and 95 well more than 95% of the Albion fans know that you guys are the tried and trusted journos who, who get the the vast vast majority of stuff right but um but cheers I've, say, I've had so many DMs as well yeah. like so many people like going out their way to saying like like don't let it get you down don't let it like affect you blah 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 and, and it really hasn't really like it's it's like um but yeah I've got to say like all those people have messaged me i will get back to them eventually it's just there's been honestly there has been a lot and i would take me like a couple of hours to reply to everyone but i'm really really grateful for the messages and i will eventually get back to everyone um but yeah it's just been yeah it's just been a it's just a lot and i've been busy yeah uh, but yeah there we go are you sure you're okay i'm definitely okay mate i'm definitely okay <laughs> couple more questions uh jack griffiths what do you make of the pre-season uh, so far, bar the results, it seems to me that there's a connection going on between the team and it's grown a little bit, a little bit like it was in the summer under Slavin Bilic. Cheers for your question. Yeah, I feel like there is. It's gone, gone okay. Yeah, yeah. That Things are a couple fun. of weird, weird, aren't they? Like, everything's so much better after a win and it sort of now feels like that's the case after pre-season games as well. Like, I didn't feel that great after Stevenage, um, if I'm honest. And then after last night, I feel a lot better. But it's crazy what a win does. Yeah, I think there's promising. I think there's what is clear is Bruce wants to play better football. I mean, he said that all along, but he will try and be a bit more expansive. He's not going to be a ultra conservative, ultra pragmatic manager next season. He wants to try and entertain and win football matches. There's an excitement around Grady, which really helps. Obviously, DK's back. Wallace is just a brilliant addition. Swift is sheer quality. Um, yeah, there's just. I mean, it's just an attacking flair, isn't it, really? I mean, we were just so devoid of it last season um, that that's bringing it back. I mean, it was, it, I'll tell you what, it was great last night at um, Northampton for 20 minutes or 20, I don't know if it was 20 minutes or 25 minutes or whatever, but 
Albion played a 4-1-4-1 formation, right? Obviously, you were there, but Alex Mowat was the holding midfielder, who, let's be honest, he probably played, he's not more like a deep-line playmaker. Then in front of him, Albion had Dean Garner, Phillips, Swift, Wallace, basically going wherever the hell they wanted. Um, oh, there's a front line. Um, with, with, um, it would have been Grant. Was it Grant? It was Grant up front, wasn't it? Because DK had come off, I think. Um, but, I mean, it was great to watch. It was great to watch Mark Phillips drifting from one flank to the other. Grady popping up on the right, then going central. Wallace popping in there and everywhere. Swift just playing these lovely little flicks and stuff. And it, it was like, it was like, I mean, it was Man City-esque, really. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't fancy Alex uh, Alex Moa as a holder midfielder on his own in the championship. Like, I think he'd probably get massively overrun and there'd be a few issues defensively. But it was nice to see. It was nice to see um, a bit of total football, if you like, um, last night. And it definitely gives you, just makes you feel better, doesn't it? Just makes you yeah. feel better watching good football rather than sort of the attritional stuff we got used to last year. Yeah, things are going to be different this time, right? Cheers for your questions, Baggies fans. Basically, in that, there's probably only about three other ones that we haven't answered, really, because everyone was asking the same questions. Uh, so we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week with a fan view, and we'll be back with your questions. Um, finally, Joe, we've been going on for ages and ages and ages, but I haven't asked you, how did you get on in Portugal? We haven't spoken right. on a pod since then. Hope you had fun. I know I wasn't there to help you if you dropped your laptop or you needed something or... Getting your coffee. Amazing, I got through it really, isn't it? Right yeah, right I'm really, I'm really proud of you, mate. To be honest, but I hope you had a nice time. How so was it? Patronising. Um, <laughs> it was good, mate. It was really, really good. Um, yeah, really good. Um, me and Joe Chapman from the Birmingham Mail. Three days in there. Sun it up. Yeah. Um, went on a went on a boat tour. Me and Trappers with two local local um, Portuguese men and a dog. It was well random. Um, Sounds random. Um, yeah, explore some. Kings. Sounds like the start of a joke. Uh, <laughs> it was it was random, um, but yeah, it was all it was all good. It was all good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Nice part of the world. Um, yeah, it's good, mate. Good. Yep. You, if you come next year, you'll love it. I'll be there next year. Don't you worry. I'll be uh, I'll be arranging my holidays around pre-season schedules next year. I'll make sure of it. Um, but right, there you go. You've got an absolute bumper, bumper, bumper episode today because we've been going on for so long. I don't even know how long we've been going on for. Um, but it's a good way to start the new season. New sections. The pod's only going to get bigger and better. Um, and, you know, that's what we want want to see. It's been a busy old week, hasn't it, Joe? Loans, rumours, pre-season games. Um, but there you go. Episode one done. I'm going to go away and start trying to compare Joe to some other politicians other than Boris Johnson. Yeah, please do. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to file away all me. Okay, you kushlu puns because we've used far too many now. Um, yeah. But when I'm, every, when I'm I think everyone needs to retire the okay pun. Now. Yeah, but when I'm struggling, when it's no December and it's on a Tuesday night and he's just knocked in a a goal to win one nil at Blackpool or something and. We're struggling for anything else. We're just that's going to be the the old reliable that we'll get out of the draw. Um, so that's why I'm glad he's coming back. I'm not bothered about his footballing ability. He's just a, he's good for a pun. But um, there we go. There's the first episode of the Baggies broadcast series six. We'll be back next week 
where we'll be chatting. Uh, what will we be chatting, Joe? Crew, Oxford, potentially anything that goes on between now and then. So thank you very much for tuning in to series, uh, episode one of the series. Until next time, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye.